Hi. Welcome, welcome back to hell, you bitches. This is this is to the table. I am forced to host it just because I don't know. These guys are assholes. Um, it's because it's your show. Oh, so just because someone has a show, they have to host it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyways, this is our fourth week and the year of our Lord, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was Alexis, and now this week is back to Mr. Kyle. Hi. <laughs> Say hello, Mr. Kyle. Hello, Mr. Kyle. Yeah, he's a cheeky asshole. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. We are continuing Political Dystopia Month because, gosh, the elections, of uh, American elections of 2020, that's the perfect time to have this shit. We came close. We, there were several close calls this month with Political yeah. Dystopia. <laughs> So it's so it's right on, we had right a few on cue. Calls of war. Oh, and, just uh, a few. Yeah, our relations are pretty fucked. I mean, they've been fucked, but they further continue to get more and more fucked. And you know, you want the direction to trend towards unfucked, not more fucked. I guess that's my point. Anyways, um, for this week, I had given Mr. Kyle the 2012 film Dread. Let's uh, just say I've been dreading this conversation. I will shut this shit off right now. <laughs> right <laughs> now. I I it, I made a pun, you see. I'm going to describe the film. Okay. Okay. By it's- our uh, dearly sponsored uh, Letterboxd. Yes, this is absolutely from Letterboxd. Okay. So, the film, Dread, directed by Pete Travis. Mm Mm-hmm. Judgment is coming. Oh, God. (laughs) In the future, America is a dystopian wasteland. The latest scourge is Mama, a prostitute-turned-drug pusher with a dangerous new drug and aims to take over the city. The only possibility of stopping her is an elite group of urban police called judges who combine the duties of judge, jury, and executioner to deliver a brutal brand of swift justice. But even the top-ranking judge, Dredd, discovers that taking down Mama isn't as easy as it seems in this explosive adaption of the hugely popular comic series. (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, Yes. Peter, yes. I have a question for you. Okay, why what, did, is, what is this Why question? did you make me watch Dread? Why did I make you watch Dread? Okay. Yeah. Yes, because that is what happened. Um, I really love this film. I think it is a fantastic action film. Okay. It's um, the way I would just, to me, it is more 80s than just about every other thing out there that tries to rip off like 80s films because Mm -hmm. it doesn't do it by having like a synth soundtrack 
or just being like, whoa, we're in the 80s. 80s things are happening. Like it, it, it feels like the type of film that was like stylistically the way it's made. It's very. And it kind of was. A lean, mean action film. And fuck you with that other film. <laughs> <laughs> a lean, mean action film in the vein of so many others in that era. Um, not over the top. The, the way the sci-fi is handled, everything is just so stripped down and to the point, much like the character of Dread. Um, it's, I, it's one of my favorite action films. I think it's so good. It got no love, which is ridiculous. And that's another thing I like to talk about. It was a box office bomb. Yeah. I like to talk about films here that, you know, maybe didn't get some love. There's so much stupid shit on streaming. Someone pick it up and make a a Dread series. Bring back Carl Urban. Um, He's doing a streaming show right now that's fucking an adaption of a comic book and it's overly bloody and violent. Like, just have him work an extra day out of the week make this dread series um yeah i really love it and i think it of course it literally had fucking political dystopia in the description of the film so yeah i think it fits with this month's theme and uh that is why i gave it to you okay my turn to shine i guess um i this movie i i I, I told you I dreaded talking about it. Um, yes. I I I didn't like it. I I I uh, thought yes. Okay. Okay. Elaborate. Elaborate. I thought it had too many uh, uh too many things. I I guess clashing. Uh, I guess they wanted to say something, but they didn't really say anything at all except punch punch slam slam shoot shoot and all that I'm, I'm completely bsing you i like this movie oh okay because i was gonna <laughs> say i don't think the film was overtly trying to say anything like uh, it, it's more of like the world around the, the the story is the statement that's that's what i was gonna kind of say right now um i <laughs> I guess you took away my my number one talking point. This is very much like an '80s film. It's an like, '80s. I, it's an, I could, an '80s action film. I could feel like Total Recall, like the yes. original. I could feel like other films, like you know, in that same vein, you know, Commando, uh, all these different like uh, like action genre films that came out in the '80s, and I could definitely feel it right here. And it is like it. It it whips out its cinematic dick and it it boasts it, <laughs> so to speak, because it's all it's all shoot shoot bang bang, uh 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 Lena Headey, which I I goddamn that the fuck I'll, I'll get to her in a minute, um Carl Urban he was he's kind of like this like Clint Eastwood mixed with you know mixed with Batman kind of mixed with the man with no name kind of uh and he's just like you know let me go to this get you know i gotta get this and you know all that stuff and he's like this brooding kind of uh uh i guess over overly masculinized cop <laughs> well, <laughs> which he, is he represents the law and like a strict 
what's the word like um a non-compromising view of the law like yeah the like, rules are the rules and that's it like it's black and white there's no yes. gray or anything like that like and it, that's where it came down to like one particular scene which i'll get to in a bit uh the lady the lady uh, cassandra i think her name is yeah. uh olivia thurlby i think Thur- that's her name thurlby thurlby uh, I think that was, uh, I think she was a nice thing. I think it level, uh, like, especially towards the end, it really leveled with, I guess, the masculineness and all that stuff and providing at least a little bit of humanity to the whole thing. Um, well, what's difficult is, um, Dread is kind of a, a one note character. You can, you can gleam like little, little shades behind him, but it, it's, they realized it's kind of difficult to just carry a film with him. Yeah. Um, so they threw he- her in there in the mix. Because also she's an entry point for the audience as well. And all that Yeah, jazz. and also she's like, uh, I did a little bit of light research. She's a comic book character, you know, in the comics mm-hmm. as well. Um, I First of all, let me talk about uh, Carl Urban. I think uh, this guy does action really well. Um, I think that he he has the chutzpah, you know, to 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 don the thing. And what's really challenging, I guess, and this is why I liked uh what what they did with like the Mandalorian and all that shit is that mm-hmm. you know a lot of the things that are this is, is a like, better Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it, a oh lot come of your, on, like that's a fucking hot take. A lot of your thing is uh, a lot of your face is covered up and it's hard to emote or like show like what you're thinking, what you're feeling and all that stuff through, you know, through a mask, you know? And I think that became a really important thing about what he had to do in terms of like act and all that stuff is that you felt like when he's, when he's making a decision, you could freaking tell that he's making a decision when it's like really tough and all that stuff. So, and I think that was needed kind of to give his character some sort of weight because uh because it is just shoot shoot bang bang you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. but with the way that he calculates everything i think is a really uh uh, i think that puts him above just the shoot shoot bang bang jason statham kind of thing yeah Uh, because he's he's so adherent to the law and that kind of consumes him Mm-hmm. As, as as a character and that's what because he's he doesn't just come in guns blazing for the sake of gun blazing like he's like there's a protocol we have to say this we have to do this and if it goes against protocol even if it's easier he won't do it um so that can create obstacles <laughs> and he's kind of uh he's kind of forced into the situation yeah. uh because uh because lena Headey's character mama uh mama. she she uh she locks down the uh the entire uh perimeter which i guess a peach building trees? i think it was called peach trees um, i guess i guess structure. a building i guess a mega structure is just like a mini city i guess because there's because there's i i noticed like different like nuances there's a hospital wing in there mm-hmm. there's uh there's a th- movie theater <laughs> uh there's just different little things and also like there's like a shopping mall-esque map <laughs> of the of the uh of the yeah thing. It, it like and they have several of them they show um you see them when they show the skitty, city skylines 
that's basically uh, well the backstory is basically nuclear war same old story this is the last city and um everything else is like the scorched earth um but here they they developed like like they said mega structures that are basically mm-hmm. giant cities and each mega structure itself to house all these people um yeah and there's so much um we could get into it i think it's a really well written film and um did you see who the writer was for this film no or at least one of the writers Uh uh-uh um let me pull it up right here uh alex garland okay what has he done ex machina annihilation Okay. Twenty eight days later, Sunshine, which Sunshine was the Danny Boyle, uh, science fiction film, but fantastic writer. <laughs> that's got that's a that's a resume right there. That's quite yes. a resume. Um, which by the way, that reminds me, I gotta go finish Annihilation. <laughs> you never you. <laughs> the, there's okay, Peter. There's a laundry list of movies that I've started but haven't finished. But then you go and rewatch Harry Potter every two months or you go and rewatch James Bond every two months or you go I, and rewatch some other fucking shit every two months. Guilty as charged. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um anyway, uh I I think the writing I uh, I watched it twice. I mm-hmm. watched it twice. I watched it about a month ago. And then I rewatched it last night. Um, there are moments, like character moments, especially when we get to Cassandra, um, that I feel that you know is like on point writing. Um, the way that they wrote Lena Headey's character, holy shit! She might be one of my favorite like action movie villains. Like I think she's great. Um, yeah, and she just like doesn't give a shit. No, you know? she she's is just, vicious. She's like she's like, terrifying. Uh, the, okay, Game of Thrones came out in two thousand nine, right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I would have been like, you know, if this is how Cersei, uh, if she got her role of Cersei, like no. holy shit, <laughs> like that. That's a that's a great audition tape right there. They might have um, shot it around the same time. I don't know, but I th- I'm pretty sure take... she was already cast. Because <laughs> this is uh, 2012, and mm-hmm. Game of Thrones came out in 2009. Um, I, I, I want to dive into her character, and then I'll okay. dive into Cassandra and all that stuff. Lena Headey, holy shit, like. I I felt like intimidated at, at some points of like how because she's like unhinged she doesn't care she she will get her ends met you know kind of thing and I think that that is a good staple for a villain and a good motive like a character that just doesn't give a shit and you could see it and like the way that she spoilers I guess uh the way she died and it was just like oh I'm dying oh well kind of thing just like this is you know like no rhyme or reason kind of thing well and i think i find that fascinating when she died well yeah but like (laughs) even when she was shot by dread at the end it was just like oh i i've been shot okay here we go kind of thing um 
it, very calloused, I guess. And I guess that could reflect of the world that they live in kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like how like callous to everything they are. And like that drug, the drug metaphor of like, and again, it's tying back kind of with uh, equilibrium, how like to feel something. Slow-mo. You know? Yeah, slow-mo. The, the that's the, with the, with the low bass, you know, playing in the background, just you know, going in the back. But the when equilibrium what made it so fascinating is the concept of feeling that we kind of take for granted you know and i think that's such a fascinating like insert with with uh with this uh with this film as well you know they they're shooting up the slow-mo i guess to feel something you know and especially of this world that's so dour black and white you know you get that little gray area where you do get a you know uh, uh, dose up and you get a, a freeze time for a little bit and have some of that little control back you know and you are taking that control with by you know shooting yourself up with the slow-mo you know and i think that's a, a I, mean, I think that's if we most, live, in, if we lived in that world come on we'd be taking some drugs yeah <laughs> it, um it I think that right there, I think is the point of contention about like this movie and like the two movies like it gave me and how like it goes hand in hand mm-hmm. is that, uh, what does it affect? I know that it, it affects the rich very little, but it affects the working class and the low class, uh, on a much higher scale and level the way that she, uh, Cassandra was describing this, the, the city, uh, is that, you know, Oh, you know, we have, you know, this, uh, this block, has like the lowest low em- uh, you know uh low employment rate you know uh or high unemployment rate uh yeah. you know uh, drugs well, everywhere and it and mm-hmm. it kind of reflects on like the the i guess desperation that you know people will yeah. get to it's this a political point. dystopia you know if you're a political dystopia everyone ain't walking around with jobs um but i do think it's interesting that um both that the other film equilibrium i give you in this film um i don't know if it go like there was a lot of films uh that came out this past year 2019 that dove into like class warfare specifically um Mm -hmm. and we'll and we'll talk about it uh it'll obviously come up because some of those will be in both our top 10 lists because they're also really good but with this one it 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 i i don't feel it took on class so much it's just more of like class no longer exists everything is fucked <laughs> especially with with dread like you never see like theoretically mama was supposed to be like you would think she would be higher class cuz she has all this money like her fucking gang the drug her drugs are going to getting ready to take over the city they've just taken over this mega structure um, no, she just wears a tank top. <laughs> she wears a tank top, and even though she she's at the top of the building, it's just this grimy, grungy, ugly, uh, ugly um place. Um, with a, a film... with a John Connor mm. uh, scar on her face. <laughs> a film, a film that you and Alexis have already seen, um, but does actually go into class warfare in a post apocalyptic post apocalyptic setting is uh snowpiercer that one does. oh i haven't seen snowpiercer you haven't yet. seen snow fuck i should have gave you snowpiercer god <laughs> damn it uh 
Uh, next time we're on the brink of war. Um, <laughs> next time. Next, next month. Time. <laughs> next month. Um, no, but next month is supposed to be feel good. It's supposed to be feel good. Although, oh, God, February. Because that's when... By February, we're going to know who the... Dem- I think, anyway, who the Democratic nominee is. So we'll see whether it's actually feel good to- uh, you don't, February or not? You don't want to say anything in case I'm you turn the tide. Not say anything. Due to your, all. I guess, magical ability. I'm just closing my eyes and ears until until that day comes. <laughs> until that day. Um, no, after that day. After that day. Yeah. With uh, this film, what I like about the writing is, like, I I feel like a lot of people use the buzzword a lot. Oh, excuse me. Uh, that was the chicken nuggies. Um, okay. <laughs> world building. You know, world people building. are like, oh, you need a world building. You know, world building. You know, world building. And I feel like a lot of people just take that as... Um, see more shit. Not That's only what... seeing more shit, but like, oh, yeah, Hyper I am explain. the... the the father of da 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 and da 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 and just interconnecting everything and and just making it fucking lame to me, uh, oh god, I I I feel like what people want out of world building isn't always what I think is the best personally, but with this mm-hmm. film I think it's actually good world building because, uh, through the writing you get a very great sense of the world in which they live in without saying much and without having to look basically directly at the camera and explain to the audience. Um, Like early on in the film, like the first opening action scene when dread is chasing the, you know, the slow-mo guys. Um, And you, you, you first, you see how the law is done basically and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, he's running away on foot, you know, six months in, in cryotube or whatever the fuck they're saying. And then um, when he and they would say and they would say this lingo, you know, and mm-hmm. automatically, you know, what kind of what it is. You, you get know, a basic car- idea of what it is. Yeah. The but they don't is probably it. like the post-apocalyptic version of prison you know, yeah. kind of thing, you know. And so you get I, I like that the art of subtlety in that kind of yes. regard. It works so much better. And then like when when they're done, when they're dead, he's like, oh dispatch. Um I got I got six dead ready for um recycling or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like you realize, you know, there's they talk about how there's so many different people. Um to me, that's what told me like, oh, recycling, they probably are all cannibals. You know, they probably, dead people, they use them as food, you know, because this is the kind of situation they're in, oh, you know. I never got that. That's what I picked up on when, when he talks about, you know, oh, you know, several bodies for for recycle or, or whatever, whatever words. It's actually been quite a while since I've seen it, but I love it every time I watch it. Um, when was the last time you saw it? Uh, a couple years, I think. Um, but what's, yeah, throughout the film, they constantly just drop little hints like that, little, little hints here and there where it, it really gives you, even though you really only see like 
this giant megastructure, you don't see the whole city. Um, uh-huh. You have an amazing idea of how this entire world works just through like little offhanded um, comments, the way that um, the characters within the world react to everything going on. I think it's really well written. And again, looking at the person who, who wrote it, I think it makes sense. Um, I, It is yeah. like, and you get like moments of like, hope i don't like like super dour like post-apocalyptic things and all that stuff like oh my god you want to know the absolute most depressing one of those is uh the the road the road oh i heard about that i heard about that movie that is like depression in film form holy shit but anyway i i might have to no never mind i don't want (laughs) to you don't want to watch maybe i will (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't know. We'll see. Uh but like okay, for example, Mad uh Mad Max, there's the mm-hmm. glimmer of hope, you know, even Plus though it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, you have Mad Max and that's post apocalyptic as well. You can't be and... depressed when you're fucking shredding the guitar. A flame you know. But even though that it's supposed to be like mass intimidating and all that stuff, there is glimmer of hope within the context of the storytelling that you have with, you know, finding, you know, going back and and kind of uh uh lifting all of these people from the citadel to salvation kind of thing uh giving them the water that they need the water of life you know and i i I like that story beat of mad max uh uh the feeling and uh the hope of of just feeling again uh from uh equilibrium and here uh when when you get like that glimmer of hope of like you know oh uh when cassandra when she had her first kill. She had her first kill with the one of the drug people, and she caught a glimpse of like what life is, and like turning away from that towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, you know, finding out that she was hiding in one of the houses, not the houses, one of the apartments. Mm-hmm. And in that apartment, uh, she found a a woman, and she turned to look at the picture, and the picture was the was the druggie that she killed. And how she was unsettled by that, you know, and how like because of that and you could see where the, you know, she starts to make her decision, you know, towards the whole thing. You could see how and why she turned away from that life, you know, at the end. There are clear changes to the character over time. And and, and again, it's it's it knows what film it is. It 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 doesn't go overboard but it's also very clear like when the first time you're talking about that action scene when they're about i think it's that one when they're about to go in and shoot and and, uh dread looks at her like are you ready and she's like yeah (laughs) and he's like you don't look ready um and and then the final scene when he's like you ready and she's like yup you look ready like just yeah. just little things little like nuggets like that that make like the character like very expanded and mm-hmm. it's really where has this actress been olivia i, I just looked because i was like she's had to have been in more stuff but not from what i've seen uh not since not past 2013 or anything like that not from what i've seen like i like the I like yeah. the nuances of this actress. I liked the, her little like 
all the nuances with her performances. I'm surprised she hasn't gone bigger after this movie. Acting is fucking vicious. Like, you got to realize every single actor um, you see in a film is from, you know, small little bit roles to the bigger ones. All of them are clawing at each other to make it big. Um, <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough profession. Um, I, I don't jungle have out there. the courage for that kind of shit. It, um, uh, Carl Urban, I'm glad he is getting getting work because yeah. I think he did a really good job. Lena Headey, my God. And by uh, by the way, uh, one of the you know I wound up liking the end of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, with the with few minor gripes. Uh, one of the one of the minor gripes I have is the disservice of uh our queen Cersei Lannister. Uh, <laughs> she did nothing that last season. <laughs> Oh, but oh god but uh anyway i digress mm-hmm. uh Cersei, like lena Headey. oh my god like i'm i'm salivating because her like performance was like gold i mean because number one i already said this word before but i'm gonna say it again nuance nuance uh the way that she had oh by the way Dovin hall gleason is in this movie yeah he is he's also great he's Pre- yeah pre hux <laughs> pre a pre a lot of things um he's the fucking he's like their tech guy yeah and um, he's like being he's constantly being held at like knife point gunpoint and all this stuff he didn't ask for this so the way that he was like tremoring trembling mm-hmm. and like trying to like solve all this stuff and trying to do everything for cersei he's like come on my you know my you know my boss you know has a you know gun at me and you know you think that's you know haha that's joke it's you know it's good rhetoric but no it's actually pretty legit you know uh he, one of my she- one of my favorite things is to find um older films that i turn out absolutely loving and they're just filled with actors um that i love oh by the way i, I just want to say this real quick that's completely off notice i don't like saying actresses i think i just like saying like when i'm talking about men and women i i just say actor oh you accumulate it yeah actor okay. and i just think actresses like it's just they're actors like just it's call a, them actors it's yeah. a it's a completely passe thing to say kind yeah. of thing so i but... so i include men and women when i say actors but i love I finding remember... uh old films where it's like oh i've never heard of this film oh my god it's so awesome oh my god like that that's an awesome actor and that's an awesome actor and that's an awesome actor and and holy shit um i love that shit uh tomanog gleason i i really liked him pre pre huxed up uh before he turned out to be uh i am the mole (laughs) We're we're not talking on episode nine. You don't do this to me. We're not doing it. We are not. As soon as I put up the spark, it's on. It is not on. I refuse. Um, Uh, But uh, anyway, mm -hmm. the effects I thought were really good. Um, The way it was filmed was really good. I like, for example... When she fucking leveled that uh uh that 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 floor with oh, the, yeah. all the Tommy guns, holy number one balls to the wall action, cheesy, cheesy as but hell. What I I love about the action is 
Oh, God, because even just regular action films have turned into superhero films. It feels mm-hmm. like everything has to be a fucking superhero film. With this, this isn't a superhero film. No it's one here straight up is, is fucking, you know, superhuman. Um, even the fucking telepath. Everyone here is, you know, it, it's very much just like guns, guns, guns. Just yeah, shooting you punch the fuck them, out you of bleed everything. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, great. I think. I think that keeps it grounded, you know, mm-hmm. really when you're going through it, like, oh, there's actual imminent danger. Like when you're, when you're okay, when I'm watching Avengers Endgame, yeah, I, I knew that some key players were going to die, but the bulk of the characters that are going to be the future of the MCU, I knew that they were going to be gone by the end of the movie. You know, I knew it wasn't going to be a bloodbath. I'll put it this way. In a Marvel film, anytime anyone dies, it's like, oh, it's like at the back of my head, but it's like, oh, the writer decided to kill this character. I never feel like, oh, no, the character f- met an insurmountable odd, so they had to die. Um, I, I feel like, oh, no, the writer decided they're no longer going to use this character. Like, that's the way, because it's all very corporate, you know, and it's like, well, yeah. no, you can't kill off this character because, you know, we need to use them for a Disney Plus series. Um, <laughs> it's that like, kind of bullshit. Like that insert of like Loki in Endgame disappearing with the Tesseract. I'm like, oh, yeah. he's off to Disney Plus. But, but even like with a black widow dying, it's like, to me, it wasn't like, oh, black widow had to die. It's like, they, they did their, um, they, they had their spreadsheet of like, well, you know, which character are we going to need for the next 10 years? It's like, well, uh, we don't have one? much for Scarlett Johansson to do. Yeah. So we'll change it up a notch. Um, and uh but with this right here there you know the stakes are higher when you're not superhero uh superhuman uh you're not tied down to franchise you know and all that stuff and i think that was kind of refreshing watching this movie um and there are a couple of moments where i was like you know even though it's called judge dread it could very much be cassandra coming out of the uh uh, coming out of the woodwork, you know, alone, mm-hmm. you know, and surviving, you know, and, <laughs> it, and it looked like it was gonna. They're gonna turn. ask her like, no, what's gonna happen is she was gonna walk out. The chief's gonna go, and it's like, what happened? She's like, you know, shit happened. And she's like, hey, you know, I forget what's your name. She'll be like Cassandra, and like Cassandra who? And then she'll Cassandra she'll, Skywalker. <laughs> she'll look at the helmet because she would have taken his helmet, and then she'll put it on. And be like, Cassandra, Cassandra Dread. Dread. <laughs> Cut to credits. <laughs> Such bullshit. Holy shit. We're not, We're never going to be over that movie. Like, the way that we were about uh, The Last <laughs> Jedi, this is how we are with The Rise of Skywalker. Except I think it's going to be ten times worse. Uh, anyway. Uh the way that they shot the slow-mo I thought was really creatively neat. Yeah. And if you remember at that time 2012, that was like at the tail end of the we're fucking done with slow motion thing. Cuz you remember throughout the the 2000s it was very much like slow mo you want your your action scene to well, be you badass think, 
You could thank the Wachowskis for that. Yeah, it, it's it. They very much kicked it off, and then it continued all the way throughout the 2000s, and it basically like died out around that time. And uh-huh. I remember like when the fucking trailer dropped for this film, and everyone was like, "Oh, slow motion." But then you watch the film, and it's like it's not really that. It's not like there's ooh, just you know them like there's context. The yeah, slow-mo. there's context to the slow motion. You know, they they take this grimy, ugly world, and then like create beautiful violence so to speak dazzle it with like sparkles and make it sparkly and shit and that (laughs) like like okay you know okay you know movies with mikey you know how you know how you know his title cards yeah they're basically that that's that's what it is (laughs) yeah Uh, they're basically movie with mikey's title cards and like it's like kind of pulpy kind of 3d like it's hard to describe and that's how you introduce lena Headey's character mama i mean and also that name fucking mama that is that's a good that, villain name that is an 80s cinema very, uh, uh, very. villain name Mu- very mustache twirly oh we must talk to mama kind of thing like i i'm telling i just love her as a villain because she's very like she's lena hetty you know you know attractive looking she's just not buff or anything just just you know regular looking woman you know but you know she has like the fucking scars on her face and then like Uh you said her demeanor like she's she's very nonchalant about a lot of things like you can tell like she's she they kind of touch on her past a little bit and it's a fucked up past and you can tell that's very much made her averse to like violence or anything of that sort Um, she was a former prostitute cut up by her pimp that's that yeah that's basically the 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 couple sentence description they give uh of, of her backstory within the film um but like in like the first act you see her doing is literally um some dudes are selling on on her level you know because that's also i thought really cool um, about this film is instead of like c- gangs fighting over street blocks, they're fighting uh-huh. over um, levels within a building. Yeah, you, to you sell. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. And I think that's really fascinating. But really. The, the the first thing they they do, or she has done, is have two individuals skinned alive, hit yeah. with hit with slow mo, and then thrown thrown over the top level to fall to and, their deaths and like what that's got to do for uh for a couple of people in there like in terms of like death and all that like it makes time go 10 times slower so you you feel every second you know not only are you in pain because you've just been skinned alive but you know every second you're falling to your death it's not yeah. quick. You you slowly, slowly, and again, they show that at the end when they throw Lena Headey off, and I was really surprised because they fucking show it when when as she slowly hits the floor. Yeah, and it's just and like she... blood, like oh, over like a window kind of thing. Yeah, and that the way they filmed that, beautiful. I thought that was a glorious uh, villain death, by the way. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and you know, Dredd, of course, he has his, his fucking, some of, some, some eighties one-liners. Um, Mama's not the law. I'm the law. Like, like when he has his fucking, I'm, I'm coming for you speech. And I think like at the end, he's like, you have been sentenced to death. You know, do you, do you have anything to say? 
you know, for your defense or whatever. Or you have been judged. <laughs> I mean, it's so silly, but it, it works in the context of this it, movie. It works because the film plays it straight. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes it, I, I guess, like, if it was all up for, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when the vegan police showed up in, uh, in Scott Pilgrim. We're the, the vegan police. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck are these people doing here? Uh, well, yeah, I, well, I always say, like, with these kinds of films, whether it's, like, um, sci-fi, fantasy, you're going to uh-huh. you're gonna deal with shit that is very silly to an everyday audience. Um, but in order to buy into the characters that are going through this shit, um, the characters themselves have to believe in it, you know? Um, right. They have to believe in in the conflict and what's going down, so the audience can buy into it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what you got to do with this kind of shit. They also showed. Um, I thought this was a cool little. This is what I'm saying, like little neat things to to hint at what this world is actually like. Is um, dirty judges. Yeah, like dirt, uh, judges that you know turn rogue for a little bit to. Uh, gain some extra credits mm-hmm. you know uh i thought that was i thought that was nice because uh, of course you'd have corruption in uh in something like this especially if you're judge jury and executioner yeah god god knows that happens here in the u.s if you know <laughs> what i mean um but like to have like to play that and like completely like be the law you know, you're bound to have some fucked up uh, uh, judges, you know, here in this uh, society, you know, and they do, in fact, live in a society. They live in a society. That is very true. <laughs> People need um, to understand this. <laughs> that is the key to everything. It's like uh, Jar Jar. He's yeah, the key to everything. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I, uh, I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about love, um, but I genuinely like the movie. There's a lot of cool shit with the movie. Uh, I love the '80s feel of it, the flair of it all. The I get the the stylistic choices with some scenes, uh, some character beats that I think are really really nice. The acting, even uh, they knew what they were in, but they gave it their all anyway. I think that was really nice. Um, I I think that this movie uh I the, I don't know if it's a cult classic if it is good. oh it definitely is <laughs> if it if it's not then good on good on that movie but cult classic I think that this uh I think this will right uh raise in the in the in the mind's eye of fandom and pop culture and all that stuff much like. Much like uh, much like Jellicle Cats from last year will uh, well, rise. Well, we don't know anything about that. But will rise but to the occasion, like I, uh, like Dread did. This is one of those things where it's like, you want me, you want me, to subscribe to your streaming service, make this a fucking show. <laughs> Coming soon to Disney Plus. Make this, make this <laughs> the real Mandalorian, okay? Uh, fucking because there is so much crazy. Where would weird, you put it? Weird shit. Um, you could put Netflix. it anywhere. You could put it on Netflix. You could put it on Amazon. 
literally anywhere put Disney Plus, I think you could put it on. And literally just have like fucking either an hour or half hour episodes of it's like, you know, oh, you know, Dreads out on a call and some shit happens because there there's a lot of stuff within this universe. You know, there's mutants, there's uh, technology, you know, psychics. And the way um, they describe the stuff. mutants as well in the uh in the thing, like, you know, you're lucky, you know, some wind up with like three arms or like a stubby back or something like that. And, yeah. Like, and there's a go, lot of interesting shit you can do. Um, you could go horror in one episode oh with the God, mutants, yes. like with, with Judge Dredd and just like shooting up some uh, some mutant zombies. I mean, you could completely do that. If you, know, you put so money in it, I guarantee you, you can fucking get Carl Urban to put on that helmet again. Oh, definitely. I think he really liked it mm-hmm. being in that. I think it was a challenge to him um, kind of thing. Yeah. I I really like the film, obviously, because well, okay. I gave What's, it to you. What, uh-huh. uh, what subsidiary of, is Lionsgate? No fucking you know? clue. No. Okay. All right. Cause it like if it was Warner Brothers and it'd probably wind up on HBO Max. That's another good one. If it's another thing, Mm -hmm. you could put it on Netflix. Uh, I would say uh Amazon as well, but uh, I I he's already making bank there. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I I liked it. I I I really liked it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh. We'll uh, catch. We'll uh, meet up again for uh, for February for uh, the February. For soon, February. Um, oh, by the yeah. way, have you uh, scheduled April yet? Not you know yet. What, you know what theme April is gonna be? Okay. No, 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 no. I need to look at because I have a list. There's a little behind the scenes for you people. I have a list every check time. Check it twice. Um, no. See, this is the thing. Um, it's been a little difficult just because I have a lot of other films I need to watch. I still need to finish twenty my 2019 list. Need to, need to watch Finish if, James Bond. <laughs> need to finish those films. Um, so it's like I haven't given that much thought yet. Like I have films, but like as far as like theming them, deciding, you know, whether you or Alexis get them, I gotta do that. I'll probably do that soon, very soon. Uh, Because again, I like to give you guys time to actually watch the films. Um, That's helped out. That's helped out. I've watched. I've pretty much watched all of them. mm -hmm. Um, But before we record, I'm gonna watch it again, just so I have my solid. Because that really helped me out. It really helped me out because before we recorded uh, Equilibrium, I watched it again. Yeah. With this. And it really helps out, like, because so, so far we're going, uh, we're going for an hour, and it gives me a lot more to say. Like, if I were just like to remember it, like, oh, uh, 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 uh Lena Headey was nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah. uh, I, I, I like that. Uh, I generally like that time. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I've said my thoughts. Yeah, you want to okay. close it off, uh, Mr. Yeah, Host? I'll, 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 I'll do that. I, I can do that. Um, so yeah, you. I'm glad you liked it. I obviously really like this film. Um, I will not s- tell the audience what your next film is. 
um for the episode next week the final one of january that's when i'll say uh, the, the full list for february and we'll get into that um okay so you guys will know at the end of the next one that i do with alexis oh but the one i do the next one is going to be uh v for vendetta i gave that one to alexis oh um, i'm envious <laughs> Um, but I already saw that, so shit. You already saw it? Okay. Well, yeah. then you know I gave it to him because, you know, he's in a very... Uh, uh, aggressive <laughs> mood. Aggressive. <laughs> uh, politically aggressive mood. So, you know, maybe... You're going to see him shave off his head. <laughs> All I'm saying is, by the time... That recording's done. He's probably going to be in, on an FBI watch list. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Especially depending on how the freaking elections go. Oh, boy. Um, I, may uh, have cre- I may have created a monster with this podcast. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, you may have been. Uh, you may uh, be charged with the biting of a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just say, by a... <laughs> uh... yeah, no, I, ugh, yeah, <laughs> so that'll be a really fun one next week. Oh, um, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yikes. Yeah. You could put the voices to the pictures on the television screen, uh, and the newscasts. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, thank y'all for watching. Y'all come back now. Y'all, y'all. Goodbye now, y'all. Okay.